Welcome back to The Ron Show for Monday, December 5th, 2022. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. Ooh, y'all, over the weekend, the right-wingers on social media are just apoplectic that, quote-unquote, mainstream media isn't covering hashtag Twittergate. So, Matt Taibbi, and what happened to Matt Taibbi? Matt Taibbi used to be the guy who had the stinging rebukes of anything Wall Street, hyper-capitalistic, hyper-Iraq war-driven, and now he's kind of swung completely to the right. He is really, I would assume, coordinating with Elon Musk to expose the thumbing of the scales of Twitter justice (laughs) over the last few years uh, and in political cycles, uh, election cycles in particular. So he and uh, it it seems like he's getting some some information fed to him by Elon Musk. I'm sure it's all, you know, on the up and up. So Matt Taibbi uh, unloaded a ton of tweets uh, over the weekend that showed that uh, politicians in campaigns would reach out to Twitter to have stories suppressed. The real aha story here isn't that the Hunter Biden laptop stuff had been suppressed by Twitter, whether rightly or wrongly. It's that buried in, I think it was his 10th tweet, Matt Taibbi noted that the Trump White House, as in they are in office, reached out to Twitter to suppress stories. Um, So, first of all, the characterization is that Twitter's former guard before Elon Musk would suppress stories more for the left than for the right. To which I say, what's your beef? What's your complaint? That it's not fair? I mean, it's not fair when Fox News chooses not to air stories or ignore scandals. Uh, It's not fair when the overwhelming majority of talk radio is conservative and does the very same thing. Why is Twitter held under a different scope? The fairness doctrine went away, and the right likes that, so that they can have Fox News, so that they can have the abundance, the overwhelming majority of talk radio. So tell me what the beef is with this particular story. I'm also going to read for you uh, a tweet thread from uh, Dave Karp. Well, it says parody account, but I think this is the Dave Karp from George Washington University. He's an associate professor and uh, authored a couple of books, uh, one of which was uh, The Move-On Effect and Analytic Activism. So Dave Karp says, and I think this is pretty succinct, the thing to understand about the Hunter Biden laptop story was that it was supposed to be the Trump campaign's October surprise. Mainstream media and social media were supposed to take the bait and focus on the appearance of a scandal for the last weeks of the election. They didn't take the bait. The New York Post story was shunned. Social media platforms treated it as manufactured propaganda with questionable sourcing. And conservative elites have been pissed ever since. They're supposed to be these brilliant media manipulators. Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, the rest of the Pepe Patrol pretended being these incredibly sophisticated actors injecting precision memes to bend the public will, but they're actual just blunt instruments. Trump got impeached, 
the first time for trying to condition congressionally approved military aid to Ukraine on Zelensky announcing an investigation of Biden corruption. He wanted the appearance of corruption so he could wrap the media's attention around it. The laptop was basically plan B. They wanted everyone to freak out about it for a few weeks. Normally what happens is conservative media shouts about it, mainstream media genuflects and, quote, covers the controversy, and Bannon and company high-five each other for setting the agenda. It didn't work this time, and they've been pouting ever since. It's a lot like a kid who loses a video game and starts slamming the controller insisting it's rigged or the system is cheating. It's not fair. Their plan was supposed to work. Musk and Taibbi are tapping into the well of resentment. Why should we care about the president's adult fail son who doesn't work in the administration? Two years later, what's the scandal supposed to even be? The media didn't take the bait. No fair. That's the scandal. They're going to keep bitching about it for years. It's going to be louder and emptier than the Benghazi hearings. The scandal is that their clever propaganda effort sank like a lead balloon, and that has to be someone else's fault. That's it. That's the whole thing. Spot on. Abso-damned-lutely. Then there's the assertion that the FBI was somehow chiming in with social media to let them know what was unsubstantiated and what didn't need to get moved around in social media circles. Hmm. As I recall, that was the Trump FBI at the time, and a fellow by the name of James Comey and a lady by the name of Hillary Clinton have entered the chat. Cry me a river, kids. This is obviously just the welcome mat for what the next two years of House investigatory oversight is going to be like, just letting you get your whistle wet, knowing what's to come. But I mean, what are we going to talk about the part where Hunter Biden made $640 million off being a White House advisor or got $2 billion from the Crown Prince Mohammed Bonesaw or got $100 million for his women's fund or got patents from China or, or got $6.35 million in PPP loans. According to Keith Edwards, at Keith Edwards on Twitter, oh wait, that was Jared and Ivanka. Or how about this from Simon Rosenberg? Since 2019, with the illegal shakedown of Zelensky, Trump and his GOP have tried to make the Hunter Biden business dealings the central story of our time. Meanwhile, Trump, his family, and Elon Musk have all taken billions from the Saudi government. And it's all somehow okay. What's cute about this is that the media is making this the nothing burger it is because... Both sides do it. Everybody knows both sides do it. We get up on Sunday mornings and watch these political talk shows where you got a pundit from the left and a pundit on the right sitting there at the dais having their little chew fest back and forth at each other. Like the American people aren't already used to that. Like they're not used to knowing that you've got these political factions that try to tip the scales one way or the other. We have editorial page editors that are either right or left. And the entire bent of that newspaper is based on that. We have conservative talk radio. The overwhelming majority of talk radio, outside of sports, is conservative talk. And even some of that kind of bleeds over. Cable news, it's the same thing. CNN has taken a turn for the right. Fox has been there all along. MSNBC does their thing from the center left. We're used to it. Oh no. Twitter? Twitter was... Thumbing their scales? Oh, 
What about Truth Social? What about Parler? What do you think they're doing? I mean, really, what is the beef here? I just don't understand. Who, who's supposed to have their, their head on the chopping block for this? The old guard at Twitter? Well, they're gone. They cashed out. What are you going to do? Golden parachuted their way out. We like that until we don't. I, I just don't, I don't understand. Are we supposed to now think of Twitter and Facebook as a public utility? Um, uh, okay. Then that means a public utility commission needs to be somehow whipped together. And that is government telling a for-profit, privately owned venture what they can and can't do. That's not limited government, Republicans. I just don't get the beef. I do not. Here's what I do get. I get new data. UMass just dropped some new poll data, and let's dive in on that. You know me. I love diving in on data. By the way, they showed the U.S. Senate runoff in a 51-46 to bent for Raphael Warnock. They also show, by the way, that while uh, President Joe Biden's favorable unfavorables are underwater, they're not as bad as you would think. It's 45% favorable, 50% unfavorable. But UMass Lowell's runoff poll here does show that in a neck-and-neck race, a head-to-head race, I should say, with Donald Trump, Biden again has the advantage. And it's neck-and-neck if it's Biden versus Ron DeSantis. In fact, looking at the list of favorables and unfavorables, do you know? Uh, Let's see. The three most popular favorable people, according to this poll, number one, Jimmy Carter. Number two, Brian Kemp. It's 54, 52% for those two. And third, 51%, Barack Obama. How about that? Oh, by by the way, Donald's uh, favorable and unfavorables in the state of Georgia. He is by far the most unfavorable of all of the folks on this poll. Even worse than Hillary Clinton. Yeah, Donald Trump's favorable and unfavorables are sitting at 40 to 54%. Fascinating. Oh, they also dived into some uh, some brands like, who do we have here? Kroger, 77% favorable. Food line. Is food line, you know, I was talking with my friend Gail about this yesterday. She asked if there was a food line nearby. I'm like, I don't think there is. Uh, food line. Only showing 37% favorable, although only 11% unfavorable and a high no opinion because I don't think food lines around the state that often. Uh, let's see. Publix, 83% favorable. Zaxby's, 72%. Chick-fil-A, 80%. Popeye's, 62%. It's that service, y'all. Y'all, that service. You got to work on that customer service. The, the chicken's delicious. The customer service leaves a lot to be desired. Coca-Cola, 71% favorable, 18% unfavorable. Their competition, Pepsi. I'm not going to lie. I don't mind Diet Pepsi. If it's Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke, I'm good either way. In fact, I drank Diet Pepsi for a little while more than Diet Coke because they got away from the aspartame. I think they went back to it, so it's either or. Uh, Okay, so anyway, I said Coca-Cola was 71-18, favorable, unfavorable. Pepsi, 54-28. That surprises me. I would have thought Pepsi would have been a lot more unfavorable. It's all these outsiders moving in with their un-Georgian opinions. Uh, Waffle House, 75% favorable, 11% unfavorable. Roasted peanuts. Roasted peanuts, more popular than boiled peanuts. In the South, that is sacrilege. (laughs) 73% to 52% for boiled peanuts. 
and a 10% to 30% unfavorable. I'm loving these sort of polls. But I guess, uh, I guess again, the, the leading thought of that is that, again, Raphael Warnock shows to be leading in head-to-head polling for the runoff over Herschel Walker, 51 to 46%. Digging a little further in on the issues, uh, this is, again, a, a UMass, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts uh, survey. On the issue, 63% of likely runoff voters say that they favor a right to abortion in every state, while 37% say there should not be. That includes majorities of Democrats and independent voters, along with more than a third of Republicans. Biden performs above his approval rating in a potential rematch with Donald Trump. Uh, we said that before, 47 to 43%, 7% saying another candidate, 3% undecided. When you get to uh, Ron DeSantis versus poll, it showed a pretty close race, 47 to 46% favoring Ron DeSantis. Another interesting thing, Georgia Republicans overwhelmingly believe Trump won in 2020, 71% of Republicans in the polls said that Donald Trump probably or definitely won in 2020. 59% of Democrats say that Hillary Clinton was probably or definitely the legitimate winner of the 2016 presidential election, just to show you the other side of the Looney Tunes spectrum. Tell you what I'll do. I will share that polling data for you, the entire thing. You can go through the entire PDF on your own if you'd like and be as geeky as I was about it. Just follow me on Twitter. That would be at Ron Show. A-T-L. We'll also put a blog up for you at ronshowatl.com, so you can check that out as well. In fact, that'll just be embedded here. That's what I'll do. I'll embed that in today's audio save of the show. That website, again, is ronshowatl.com. More Ron Show after this on the America One Radio app and at americawoneradio.com. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't. I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car. He came home and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is um, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. I invite you to show your support for this show. If you own or manage a business that could benefit from partnering with Atlanta's only liberal progressive talk outlet, you can do that and support America One Radio and The Ron Show. We have absurdly affordable advertising packages, and you'll have yours truly working with you to craft your messaging and produce your advertising or pitch your product myself if necessary. Plus, with our social media outreach, we can bring more attention to your support of this show and America One Radio. 
Find out more by emailing me at theronshowatl at gmail.com or call me direct at 843-283-0078.